Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everyone. It is a pre-record that we are incredibly honored and humbled to bring to you today. Um, Yeah, I think it's not an overstatement to say that this is by far our largest guest. And so we need to thank Jenny Olson, who's a new friend of mine, for bringing this to to us. But we are about to welcome First Lady of North Dakota, Catherine Burgum, to our little program to talk about her journey with addiction and also her program recovery reinvented. So we will bring her to the stage right now because she's the reason that we're here today. First Lady Catherine Burgum, welcome to Daily Dose. Welcome, welcome. Thank Hi, and thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be with you today. We're, we're really thrilled to have you as well. Um, we, we knew of your work, obviously, because you have been very open since becoming First Lady. I, we've watched a number of your other interviews and, and um, you know, we forget sometimes that First Ladies don't have easy paths because there's not an obvious role for you, but that also enables you to then pick something that you're very, very passionate about mm-hmm. and really have a platform that's unlike almost anybody else in the nation, except 49 others of you who get to do this kind of work. So Catherine, would you talk a little bit about just that moment where you realized that you were going to have this opportunity and how you settled on deciding that eliminating shame and stigma around the disease of alcoholism and addiction was the platform you wanted to adopt? Yes. Well, boy, um, you know, when I, uh, became first lady that this new volunteer job I have, which I've had for a while now, (laughs) and I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Um, Yeah, I sort of was like, okay, what am I gonna, you know, what's gonna be my platform? You know, what are gonna be my causes? Um, And I um, had not really talked about my own recovery journey. I mean, my friends and family knew but I had a lot of friends who had no idea, you know, that I'd known for 10 years who had no idea that I was in recovery because I just never talked about it. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, in that, in that particular point in time in 2016, 17, you know, the opioid crisis was just out of control. It still is, by the way, but, you know, it was, it was a big topic then. So I just decided five, so I was, I was asked to do an interview in the newspaper um, and uh, five minutes before the interview, I told my husband I was going to talk about my recovery. He was like, what? what? That's kind of a big deal. Like, maybe we should have talked about that a little sooner, you know? <laughs> uh, but he's super supportive, and he was that day. And um, and the, you know, another part of the reason I decided, you know, it was very personal to me, um, recovery. and um, But another reason I decided to talk about it was... You know, part of the reason I didn't talk about it for so long was because of this shame and stigma surrounding it. Part of the reason I didn't get help for my disease for so long was because of the shame and stigma. So I had heard someone speak before uh, before we got into office. His name's William Moyers. He's very connected to Hazel and Betty Ford. 
you know, when he said, there is a very simple way, <laughs> I get emotional just thinking about it. You know, it's like, there's a very simple way to eliminate the shame and stigma of the disease of addiction. And that's just to talk about it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. talk about how it's affected you. How, talk about your own journey. Talk, talk about people you know. Talk about it like any other disease we would talk about. So that was very inspiring to me, you know, also I was like, oh, okay, you know, to have the courage to do that. (laughs) And then when I talked about it during my interview and walked through that door, you know, it was like a hundred pound weight had been lifted off my shoulders for sure. I didn't really realize that, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really realize how much that could be holding me back in my life. And, but the other thing I thought about was, you know, oh, if I could just, I don't know why I'm so emotional today, but um, if I could just help one person, you know, because telling my story, you know, if I could help one person that it'll be totally worth it, you know, help people to, you know, help other people and, you know, help people not go through the the horrible journey, you know, that I had and so many other people have. So, so that is, you know, that's basically how I decided that this would be my platform. And, and it has just been an amazing journey, a super, you know, inspirational, you know, emotional, powerful journey. And I, I'm, you know, I just continue every day to be grateful, uh, really, for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, I wonder, did you feel that way when we went public? Did you feel like a weight was sort of set off your shoulders? I, I think so. And um, I had no problem telling people I was a recovering alcoholic anyway, but it, it did fill a void because we started this during the, the height of the pandemic and I couldn't go to an AA meeting. So I was getting the same, if not more, out of us doing these weekly, um, these daily um, little episodes yeah. because I could still talk about it. And then, you know, we started getting all the guests on. So talking to them was incredibly helpful. Yeah, I it's been so humbling and i i'm sure that you would say this too one of the gifts of deciding to be public is that you can then be in community with other people who are inspired to then come public and you can you can learn about the commonalities and the differences and the unique qualities and the shared qualities and that's been so illuminating for me because i didn't have any experience with alcohol growing up and so to have this thing which lived really largely between the two of us in a very small circle of people, I didn't really know anybody else who could say, well, my husband's in recovery too. Mm. And so to have that network now, I just feel like in such a strange way, it's been such a gift. I certainly don't wish it for other people, but I, I do wish the freeingness of stepping away from it and not feeling like you have to hang your head or that you're a broken person or that there's something wrong with your relationship because you've survived survived this very very hard disease yeah yeah absolutely yeah it is a um you know it, to be able to talk about it to be able to connect with other people that's just a hugely important thing and you know you mentioned the pandemic and you know i am just so grateful for technology because oh. during the pandemic you know, there were a lot of recovery resources available online. You know, there's many different paths to recovery, but the the pandemic really opened up that opportunity for people to reach out any time of the day and find a resource available. And so I, gee, you know, that's 
that was one of the silver linings, I think, you know, is that, you know, we realize that you don't always have to be in person. I also believe that it made it some of those opportunities make it a lot easier for people who are struggling to reach out for help because yeah. you can you can kind of do it anonymously you know mm -hmm. it's hard when you gotta go face to face to people and admit you know and that sort of thing but when you can kind of do it anonymously just through resources online i think that's a that helped a lot of people as well during the pandemic i think it did because my the friday night meeting i go to was actually at um prairie st john recovery center in fargo where i went um but when that closed down um that they, they set up a zoom meeting but we all started to when we were on zoom meetings we got to know each other's like last names so we were no longer <laughs> anonymous we became friends on facebook and we instant messaged each other way more than we would have done just going to an aa meeting and there were people joining us on a friday night who were just actually doing the tour some people in like idaho and oklahoma and things like that we're doing, we're doing a tour of different aa meetings in the upper midwest and they got the Zoom address. They came on and introduced themselves. And it was just really interesting to meet so many more people and to listen to their stories too. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I find really interesting is uh, obviously you, you inherited now a very political life because of the nature of Governor Burgum's role. Um, and what I think is really telling about the work that you are doing and the way that you're doing it in particular is I have never since you became first lady of North Dakota I've never heard one single person speak negatively about this work and it would be the kind of thing where if you were doing it from a place that didn't feel sincere or didn't feel like your intention was really honest to be a force for good for all North Dakotans and beyond, it would be an easy way to sort of sling some political mud your direction and Governor Burgum's direction because we're, we're quite comfortable shaming people who live with addiction often. Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the fact that I've heard nothing but praise for the work that you're doing and, and um, recognition of the intentionality behind it, I think is really, really speaks highly of you as a human being of you as a first lady and of the work that you're doing the the steps that you've put in place and in particular this um annual conference recovery reinvented so what can you tell us about how that came about because that can't have been an easy undertaking so quickly into your tenure as first lady to say let's do a statewide conference that has national significance yeah yeah, well, I'm, first, I just want to say that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have such an amazing partner in my husband. You know, mm -hmm. he's he really calls himself an elected leader. I mean, we mm -hmm. really try to look at this as an opportunity to help people and and try to stay out of the politics. You know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting, you know, journey. And I um, yeah, so, we, you know, that's a that's that. But I when um like literally when we were doing our uh grad uh inauguration events we had a few different events we had we met we met with all the tribes we had a, a like, kind of like a service breakfast where people could just gather in the morning but through those events you know just days after we became you know in, in office everybody was saying you know we've got to do something we've got to help people we've got to whatever and 
So I, I, we are so lucky in our state because we have the, the most incredible behavioral health team. I mean, mm. they are literally um, so innovative. Other states want to copy what we're doing. They're on the forefront. They, you know, there's just always something they're doing to really reach out and help everybody. And so I met with, I met with Pam Sagnus, who's the director of behavioral health. And I met with William Moyers because mm-hmm. I respect his opinion. And I just said, hey, what should we do? You know, like what, what's, you know, and then, and then we talked about it and we just said, you know, we can help the most people reach the most people by having a conference. And, mm-hmm. and that's really how it came about. But, but we knew that the conference, well, I knew and William and, and Pam agreed too that, you know, it really needed to be about eliminating stigma, you know, mm-hmm. because once we eliminate that stigma, we can open the doors to so many things, you know, there's stigma in the medical systems and communities and hospitals, you yeah. know, like why does this disease have to be in a separate location, in a separate building, and you know, in a separate block? Why is it not part of a hospital system? You know, why, you know, why are these, you know, so eliminating the stigma to open the doors in a lot of areas. So we knew it needed to be about stigma. And over the years, it has, um, this will be our fifth annual. It's the fifth time we're doing this, which is, I'm so excited about it that we're doing recovery reinvented is the official name of the conference and you know it's we we are now talking you know very significantly about the intersection of mental health and addiction and for me it was you know it was difficult to even talk about my mental health like it was more difficult for me to talk about my mental health issues and struggles <laughs> than it was about my addiction you know it's crazy because again the stigma you know so so anyway, we are so excited to have the fifth annual conference this year. You know, we we do, as you mentioned, you know, get to play on a national field with this conference because we have people at a national level making a difference um, in so many areas that come to speak at the conference or as last year they, they spoke, you know, online. But, you know, last year we had 5,000 people from all over the world at wow. various points of time, you know, joining us. So... Yeah. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a great day. I, I got a lot to say about that. I'll stop right here before it to see if you have any other questions before I dive into more about this year's recovery reinvented. <laughs> well, all I really want to say, we, we were able to tune into a bit of last year. I'm coming to this year's Maz has to teach, unfortunately, but I will be there. I can't wait. It will be my first one in person. Um, but uh, in 20, 18 or 19, we were at the, the Arts Partnership was at the Main Street Summit and uh, the Surgeon General Jerome Adams was there. And I, I believe Recovery Reinvented was the week after that maybe. And I knew that you had been connected to him and his story was so powerful because, I mean, for heaven's sakes, he's a highly decorated veteran and he's a surgeon and, and a, you know now has this national position as Surgeon General and grew up in Indiana and yet had a brother serving time in jail from the same household, same sets of parents, same opportunities. And I will never forget him saying that his brother, I think smoked pot for the first time in high school and him saying, we knew from almost the moment drugs entered my brother's system that it would be a lifelong battle for him. And I just remember thinking, wow, I'm sitting in Bismarck, North Dakota with the Surgeon General of the United States talking about this really vulnerable thing, celebrating his own success, looking at the, the challenges that his family has faced 
and then really trying to say, so that's where I'm coming from and that's why it matters to me. What do we need to do to end this? And I remember thinking that you were the reason that he was here. And that's such a, it's, it's just such an amazing thing to realize that one person can open doors, can, can help to change systems, can create a program who know whose life who knows whose life was saved that day because i didn't need my life to be saved but i've never forgotten it yeah so what what can you tell us about this year's conference aside from the fact that tickets are free all you have to do is get yourself to bismarck the link is at the bottom of the screen if you're in coming from fargo and want to drive with me i'm driving that morning and driving home that that afternoon so i got room for 3 in my car so catherine <laughs> you tell us about the conference? Well, I you just want to make a comment about um, the Surgeon General. You know, one of the things that happened after I told my story was I started getting invited, invited to all these national events, um, mm -hmm. you know, because of the opioid situation. You know, I was at the White House many times. Um, the, the drugs are, uh, you know, involved me in a lot of decisions related to, you know, some of the marketing they were trying to do. You know, I, this, as you mentioned, you know, Dr. Uh, Jerome, you know, he, he was, he was in North Dakota. Um, you know, he was, uh, I, he was also, I'm on the board of Hazel and Betty Ford. So I was able to introduce them to him and, and he did, he came to Hazel and Betty Ford, you know, and then the, uh, the, the head of the CDC, Robert Redfield at the time has a son that was struggling with addiction, you know, so it was able to, you know, to meet with them. So to be, and a lot of those relationships were where I met other people that ended up speaking at Recovery Reinvented. So, you know, that's how, th that's how this works. You know, you can, you meet those people that have, because literally I sort of believe there's hardly anyone that is not affected by the disease of addiction in some way. They're just as hardly anyone. So, yep. so we are, you know, now more than ever, we believe, especially because of the pandemic, you know, Recovery Reinvented is just so important. And so you are right. Let's just get to the basics, which is it's October 25th. It's from, I think, 930 to 5. I but, think so and it is free. Um, you can come in person or you can watch online. And Maz, you said you've got you've to gotta work, but, you know, just put it on, just put it on your computer on mute. I, or I will. Yeah. Get, I make you sure can I'm just watch it all day long if you want and just have it in the background. But, it's, uh, but you need to register so that you can tell us. If you're going to be there in person so we can have lunch or if you're going to be online we just make sure we have the, the bandwidth you know and all that so so that's that's great um it's the same format as we've had in previous years we wanted to be kind of like a tedx kind of day because you know little shorter conversations but yet experts providing incredible information this year we're going to have um have stories north dakotans telling their stories, their recovery journey stories, or how they've been affected by the disease of addiction in person. Most of them are in person and, and little short stories throughout the day that we have these incredibly amazing speakers, like we always do, um, that are speaking for the main stage. We've got Dr. Joe Lee, who's the new CEO and president of, of Hazel and Betty Ford, who is, you know, his, his, his background has been more um, adolescent, um, struggles, you know, between mental health and addiction. He has a lot of really good experience and important experience on the mental health side, which is, I think, 
very important because so for so many people, this starts because of mental health issues. I would say it did for me. That's why I went down this path because of my own struggles. So, so he's amazing. We also have Dr. Valerie Earnshaw coming to speak. And one of the most unique things about this uh, conference is that um, we are going to be revealing the results of a stigma survey that we did in our state. And oh, it's not just serve stigma, but it will answer the question. You know, we'll try to answer that question like, how much stigma do we have in our state? Dr. Valerie is an expert in this field and an expert on doing these kinds of surveys. And this could get us, you know, really national attention because this is legit, you know, like this isn't just like, oh, we're going to give you a survey monkey and, you know, fill it out. And if we get 40 yep. people, we have, <laughs> we have like 2,200 people there. She was like shocked. She was like, way to, I'm like, way to go, North Dakota. Like they turned in our state. We yeah. show up. Yeah. <laughs> no, right? I'm like, she's like, I've never had this many people. So she's going to talk about that, which is her focus as a researcher and is is um, on eliminating the stigma of the disease of addiction, which is and all stigma. So so that's going to be awesome. And then we have um, and a really amazing guy. You guys you guys may have heard of him. His name is Jonathan Holt. He he is, was a guest on the show yeah. with us. Yeah, okay, he's fabulous. Okay. Yes, he is that's, so fabulous. That's right. Um, he's going to be speaking about his own recovery. He's going to talk about you know building recovery support at work. That's one of the themes that we're going to focus on in addition to eliminating stigma, building recovery support in the workplace. And then we've got Lori Wade, Johnson Wade, who is a, um, she's been in recovery herself for a long time. She is on the board of Faces and Voices of Recovery. She mm. has focused a lot on building recovery community organizations and focusing on how do we do this in the community. And so she's got a lot of great things to say too. So you know, so we've got great speakers. Then we do the, we're going to weave in some art and music like we've always done as well. And then we do have, uh, you know, recovery champions. We give out awards every year to, for people that are, you know, really going above and beyond to make a difference in our communities across our state. So when you register, when you go to recoveryreinvented.com, you can make nominations for award winners you can also volunteer. We always need volunteers. You can volunteer at the event. There's probably other online volunteer opportunities. So, so that's really important as well. And so we are, and the governor and I um, love to do this, but we host the event all day long. And, um, you know, I mentioned early on that he is like a really supportive partner, but one of his pillars as governor is to focus on behavioral health, to focus yeah. on addiction, substance use, and mental health. So this is a high priority for him. And so that's why we love to do it together. And, you know, we're both passionate about it. And it's a, it's just a really fun day for us. And the people that come to this event are <clears throat> a wide variety of people. It's people that are, you know, very connected and closely connected to the disease of addiction or, or behavioral health, mental health, or their law enforcement or education they're, you know, they come from, either native, you know, very di different groups of people too. We've got Native Americans coming to the event or online. We've got, um, you know, uh, nonprofits. There's just a, a wide variety of people, healthcare that come to the event. So anyway, it's going to be fantastic. We're super excited to be able to do it again this year. And we already have, all, I think, almost 1,200 people registered. So 
That's great. Fantastic. That's yeah. great. So how do you feel like being so public has changed the way you think about your own recovery? Because you were in recovery for a long time before you came forward, had this, had this massive platform. How do you think about it now as opposed to maybe 10 years ago? Well, you know, I, how I think about it now is that I, uh, you know, I just continue to be so grateful because so many people reach out to me, you know, I'm able to help people one-on-one. They reach out to me through social media. You know, I now know way more about the resources we have available in our state through our behavioral health, you know, or the treatment centers and, you know, the online help. You know, I, I think, you know, my recovery journey is is now being able to really connect people directly to, to resources. You know, there's so many parents, so many, you know, aunties and uncles. There's there's just so many people that struggle. And, and so to be able to actually, you know, um, to do to do that um, sort of work is is amazing. Um, and I. You know, I just don't I just don't have the shame and stigma I did. You know, I think that was just part, a big part of why I didn't really talk about it, you know, and and then, you know, everybody I help, you know, helps me stay sober. <laughs> Every person I help, yeah. you know, and, and so for me, that's, you know, that's really important for my own recovery. Um, and then, you know, to, to be asked to do things asked to speak at various, you know, I did a TEDx talk. That was the first talk I really did, you know, and I was terrified, you know, cause I'm kind of more of an introvert. don't really like to, you know, do the big things and whatever. And, and, you know, and, and now to be able to get asked to be part of, of what people are trying to do at various states or on the national level, uh, you know, that's, and that's a big part of my recovery too, because doing that work helps me stay sober. So, you know, I just, uh, I, I, and then I also um, was asked to be on the board of Hazel and Betty Ford. And, you know, for someone like me in recovery, that's like Nirvana, you know, that's the Holy Grail of Hazel and Betty Ford, yeah, yeah. you know? And so that work, you know, and how close I am to the work that they're doing and to be a part of that, you know, that board of amazing people is, you know, all of that just uh, helps me in my own recovery and just helps me remember, you know, I'm, uh, you know, just like everybody else mm, who struggles <laughs> with this. Uh, I'm one drink away from losing everything I have. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, so yeah. this work is really important to me because that is, you know, I used to tell, I tell people when I get emotional, I'm like, I used to cry over, you know, I was a victim of everything. It was everybody else's fault. And, you know, I cry about the, you know, all the craziness in my life. And now I just, whenever, whenever these tears show up, it's all about gratitude, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, I didn't have gratitude before I found recovery. I didn't really understand gratitude. So anyway, that's, I, I guess I would say that's really how all of this has impacted my own recovery and then i get to meet amazing people like you like you the work that you are doing on eliminating the shame and stigma and, you know maz being open about your own recovery that is all just you know it's people like you that are helping to save lives i tell people that too because i still reach you know i still have people reach out to me and say the work you're doing is so great thank you so much and i'll be like Oh, awesome. Can we, let's tell your story. Let's, you know, can you come to this? Can you do whatever? And they're like, well, I still, I just need to keep that on the down low. You know, I'm not really, 
you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I get it. You know, they're worried about their job. They're worried about whatever, you know, and so, you know, there's still people, but the work that you're doing, you know, the work that all the people, it's not just me doing this work. There's a, there's just a whole army load of people now, a part of this recovery reinvented movement. So, you know, uh, I am um, super grateful, but again, thank you so much for the work that you're doing through your podcast. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's, nice of you. that's very kind of you. Um, I often joke that one of the great perks to living in North Dakota is that you're one or maybe two degrees of separation from the most important person in the state. And I feel pretty confident that this has proven that. (laughs) (laughs) So if you say it often enough, it does happen. Um, Catherine, we won't keep you any longer because we know you have other things to get on with and planning to do for the conference. But Thank you so Thank much you. for it was lovely to meet you. And talk yeah, to you. not not just your time today, but for this work as a spouse of someone who, you know, I never believed he would get sober, and so that is such that is such a devastating place to be, and to be on this side of it to know that as a state we've made it a priority and that it's your personal passion. I I just think about all of the spouses and children and parents. Yeah who don't have to live the way that I lived for a really long time. So thank you for doing this work. Absolutely. And you know, Matt, his story is another story of hope. Like, yeah. you know, really, there is always hope for recovery. So just don't give up. And the more people that welcome it, the easier it is to just be honest and say that, you know, I am an alcoholic enjoying sobriety. And it, it's kind of a proud thing. I'm proud of it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great well thank you again i really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today thank, thank you, you and i'll see you on the 25th ladies and Yay! gentlemen first lady of north dakota katherine Burgum. thank you awesome. thanks so much katherine we'll see you soon okay take care bye bye everyone else we'll see you next week bye Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.